from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms. Treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson. You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not saying anything. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Adrian! Houston Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb. Coons. We're raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. Welcome to the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I want to welcome you guys here today. I'm Rocky LaFleur, and I've got Jake LaTundras here with us and the main writer of DuckSouth.com, Mr. Josh Webb. How you guys doing today? I'm good. Good. I'm good. good. Tired of rain for a while, but I think it'll finally be out of here tonight. Yeah, Man, we're all good out here in Colorado. We had a big rainy day yesterday, and now it's all sunny and beautiful. Jake, when you were in, down in Houston, didn't y'all have a? I mean, y'all had some a round of thunderstorms come through during the tournament when when you were filming this past weekend, no, or was man, it after was y'all just, were I, done fishing? That was just Iconelli. <laughs> <laughs> we had, let me see, we had we had wind, um, yeah, and, and on day two, we definitely had some. Uh, some nasty weather, but it seemed like it just kind of blew in and blew out. But then the night before Championship Sunday, we had, I mean, I I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning uh, from hail hitting the flashing uh, outside my hotel window, and it was, it looked pretty scary, but it cleared off before takeoff, so it was all good. We'll we'll get into the Bassmasters Classic in just a minute, because I, I know you've got a lot of details about what happened while you were out there. But yeah, I, I, talking about that though, Josh, the thunderstorms that rolled through Mississippi and Arkansas and Louisiana last night, man, I've seen pictures all over social media of, I don't know if it was, it looks like it was mostly straight line wind damage that uh, mm-hmm. the, from the pictures I've seen. I, I hadn't seen any stuff that looks like tornado damage. No, I haven't either. Um, I know a lot of people were, well, I guess the weather the weather stations were doing their part in preparing people for tornado, um, you know, type weather. But from from what I've seen, it I haven't I haven't seen or heard of any you know tornadoes. It's been a lot of wind. We had a lot of wind here, um, but and that's really it. You know, really and truly, I was talking about the rain, but we really didn't get much rain out of. Out of last night, we got more rain out of that that came through a couple of days ago. We just got mostly wind. Normally, when we have, I was going to say, normally, you know, 
I could be your weather guy because, especially for severe weather, because normally when we get a cold, rainy spring day, that means it's head and it's typically headed to the south or at least east. And then when that mixes with the Gulf warm air, Gulf Stream uh, warm air, that's when you all get tornadoes. And it almost always happens two days after we have a cold, rainy front. So we had ours yesterday. So y'all might want to hunker down tomorrow. <laughs> well, here here's my thing. All right, so. Jake, let me bring you up to speed about Mississippi news the past few days. If you turned on the local news, and Josh can attest to this, all you've been hearing about is Thursday, the huge threat of severe weather in the state of Mississippi. Well, in the past 24 hours, the weather has totally changed. It's actually not a bad day. Um, winds blowing somewhat out of the north. My thing is, let every let everybody know. You know, if you see those changes coming, come out and say it. Hey, it, it's it's not as bad as we once thought it was. That's the 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 weather deal, man. It gets me. You know, but they've been building up to this weather all week, and you know the the line of thunderstorms. I guess through came through last night, and Thursday was supposed to. This afternoon was supposed to be the bad day. And, you know, just let everybody know, hey, it's subsided. That the media loves overhyping things, but they don't ever like to back it up in a, in a backup motion when it doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. Kind of like the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, did, hey, did y'all see the story? Kind of like the liberal about, news. Look, I was going to ask you, Jake, when you flew, did you you didn't happen to fly United, did you? I did not. I flew American. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing that you've been seeing all week about not letting those those kids fly United because they had on jeggings or leggings or whatever they had on. Well, right. you know, the the whole story behind that that they left out you know, they love to print those headlines, but they leave out a major part that they were flying on a, all right, correct me if I'm wrong, they were flying on an employee standby ticket. It was mm -hmm. pretty much a free ticket. Right. And there's rules and regulations when you receive one of those tickets. You know, there's a standard that you have to dress to, but, man, people have been going nuts because they thought that these two girls were left off the airplane because they were wearing leggings. Well, that's not the case. Tell the whole story. It's information. It's what, you know, what's the buzzword now? Fake news. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't tell the whole story, it is fake because, you know, the perception is, perception is built by what you're feeding people through the media and if it's not the whole story, it's just not the truth. It's not the whole truth. And I realize you don't have so much time to wrap the news up into a segment, yet at the same time, you know, it leans one way or another somehow. People get misinformed. They blow up and turn it into a... But look, before we get into the Bassmaster Classic, look, we want to we want to remember and uh, thank Joseph Presley for being the title sponsor of the On the X podcast. Joseph, at 
four corner properties there out of Richland, Mississippi. Um, if you're looking to buy your next piece of recreational property, whether it be deer, duck, or turkey, give Joseph a call, 601-540-7240. All right, Jake, let's get into the meat of this podcast, bud, because I, I want to hear, because this what happened in Houston I didn't understand how big it was until Josh spent about 30 minutes talking to me about it, about how big it was, um, the win, the the young man that won the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, the Bassmaster, Bassmaster, the Elite Series is, you know, perhaps the biggest thing in the outdoor, sh- uh, in the outdoor business in terms of show business and you know they're they consider or i guess everyone considers the classic to be it's equivalent to their super bowl the world series the daytona 500 however you want to look at it it is a huge deal and i mean to the extent that you know we're we're live streaming now uh, with our cameras on uh, on digital uh, platforms and I think at one time on Saturday and Sunday we had over 150,000 people watching live at one time. I, I was going to say that um that's what I was going to say was I can't remember if it was uh Mark Zona one of the commentators said that and that was the number that they gave. Yeah. Um and yeah. I and I meant to I meant to ask you that while you were there because uh, I know sometimes they're updating y'all but yeah it was there was it was either upwards or over 150,000 people tuned in, um, you know, at that at that time, which is just man, it's just insane. That's mind-boggling to, to yeah. think about. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's unbelievable. And and so 150,000 153,000 was the number that I got on the live uh during you know while we were filming during the live stream, and then. To put that into perspective, there were over 11 million people that clicked in over the entire weekend, a three-day weekend. So, I mean, that is just yeah. that is unbelievable. Yeah, that that that's an important point. That's what I want I want people to realize real quick is the 153,000. That's that's not like total throughout the three-day process. That was at, at, one at, at at one time there was that's right that 153,000 people. Uh, watching the same thing I was watching on my, on my phone, but but right. the, the eleven million is that that cumulative, you know, through the through the whole process, uh, how many people you know clicked or, or checked it out. I mean, that, that's that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So then you've got players like Mike Iaconelli, Kevin Van Dam, you know, the big the big guns that have you know really made Bassmaster what it is in terms of you know, the participants and the competitors go. But then you've got this young crowd, which I think we, we talked about a little bit before, where, you know, Mike Iaconelli brought this new generation into the bass fishing world 19 years ago. And then you have people like Jordan Lee that, you know, that literally, literally he was in college a few years ago he won, I believe he won the, the you know, a national college event 
which is what got him invited into the Elite Series. And he had never won. No, I'm sorry. He qualified through the college level bass fishing, but he had never won an event in his life, period. And then all of a sudden, this past Sunday, you know, Jordan Lee's holding the trophy to the Bassmaster Classic. He beat all those guys, and he won the most prestigious, you know, competition in the outdoor world that can be had. I think he won $300,000 just for winning. And it wasn't. Yeah, no, go ahead. And and that's just the prize money. That doesn't include all the, you know, endorsements that, I mean, Carhartt's his big sponsor, and they have been blowing up on social media. So I'm sure Jordan Lee right now isn't, you know, isn't bummed out. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, one thing that that I thought was really really cool about it when he was up there, uh, they brought his well his mom and then were there and his brother mm-hmm. and and it's what he was talking about was you know he's not twenty five twenty six years old and he was saying you know how big bass fishing is you know there's there's high school and obviously collegiate bass fishing teams now well even just a few years ago when he was in high school it still wasn't that big a deal. He was doing it, but, but the bass fishing in high school wasn't, wasn't that big a deal, but he was doing it. Well, then then you, you fast forward, when he gets into college, um, kind of the same deal. It was just kind of coming about. I mean, I remember when, when I, I'm a couple years older than, than, than Jordan, but when I was in college, um, actually at Delta State, my sophomore year, my roommate and another good friend of mine were the first bass fishing team um, Delta State ever had. Uh, and, and so, so that's not that long ago. I mean, you're talking within, within 10 years. And anyway, and that's what Jordan Lee was standing up there saying was even just six, eight, ten years ago, it wasn't that big a deal. It's gotten an enormous amount of traction since then. And then now for somebody to come through those ranks, to come through that process and, and be, yeah, a, an extremely young, I believe the youngest ever winner of the Bassmaster Classic. Oh. But not only that was it wasn't it wasn't a fluke. I mean, it wasn't like he just went out there and, and I mean the dude is a he's a professional and he, he even long before winning the classic he had the respect and the outspoken respect of people like Iconelli and and Kevin Van Dam. But, but now uh, they've got to really be worried about him. <laughs> and it, it's really really cool. I mean, I, and I. I wish I could have been there. Like, I wish I could have been there in that moment because, I mean, it, it had to be just ridiculous in that in that ballpark where they were having the way in. Tremendous. Everyone in there, including the other anglers, were proud that he was standing up there because they know how important that is to bass, you know, bass fishing and the Bassmaster uh, series. And, you know, he, you know, last year at Cayuga in New York, I was filming that event as well, and he was in first place down to the last angler to weigh in, which was Kevin Van Dam. And Kevin Van Dam ended up weighing like four ounces more than him to went to snatch the trophy right out from under him on that stage. But I remember when Kevin Van Dam, you know, won that tournament, he wasn't really, I mean, he he was the talk. He was the buzz after the tournament because that was his second or third win that year, and he was really resurrecting his career when everyone was calling him a has been and a washed up, you know, washed up guy. Blah blah blah. Well, the the real buzz was Jordan Lee at that time last year, 
because people were saying that kid is going to win. I mean, you know, that's just the beginning for him. And now it's really the buzzword that, you know, even his, his, his comrades like Seth Fighter and, you know, some of the younger guys, you know, their comments are, this is no surprise. We've been waiting for this to happen. It was just a matter of time. So if you're shocked, you don't keep up with what we do because yeah, no, I real. I know several people that, that live in that area he's from and fish with him regularly. And I was texting them Sunday and stuff afterwards and Monday morning afterwards, and they were like, "Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's just it, it, they they expected it. Maybe not this particular one, but it wasn't like they did not expect him to win and win big." Um, mm-hmm. early in his career and continue to do it. I mean, that, every one of them had the same response. They were like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's awesome, but but like that's been that's been on on yeah, that's been in the cards for him for a while." And that's what I thought was really really cool about it. With so many anglers who've been doing it for fifteen, twenty, twenty five years, they all said that too. They were like, "No, since the day he he's been pro, he, he's been. I mean, he, he's." gain the respect quickly and 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 they know that he's a factor every single tournament he shows up to fish mm-hmm. well i think there's nine events in an elite series in a, in a year and he you know he placed uh in the top 12 and five of them last year i mean that's that's huge not even i mean you know <laughs> not many of those pros do that even to you know finishing in the top 12 or I mean, the top 12 is significant because the top 12 fish championship Sunday in each event. So that's why that number 12 is so important um, and significant to him. He fished on championship Sunday five out of nine times last year. Again, that's just unheard of. Those are lakes all over the country, which means, you know, he's he's a multifaceted, highly knowledgeable professional angler, he can go to any lake and crank out big numbers. It was yeah, unbelievable. And I'm not sure. I'm sure he is coming um, later. Well, see, it's not April yet. About said later this month. Anyway, in April, toward the end of April, there's an Elite Series event real close to, to me here um, down in Jackson yeah. on Ross Barnett. I'm sure he's going to be there. I'm supposed to be oh, out yeah. of town that weekend, but if I'm not, um, I'm going – it really, just for the Jordan Lee factor. <laughs> I mean, really, I am because it's because I know how big those events were, and that's what I was telling Rocky the other day. Like, I know how big the events were, the weigh-ins are, the publicity is. But I, and I told Rocky this. I said you can literally look back in five and ten years from now, and you'll be able to mark that day on the calendar as the day that it, it that it changed tenfold from when he won the classic because it it's about I mean it's it's gonna be it's ridiculous for what it did for the sport. It's so big, man. I'm so I mean, I say this, you know, with all due respect to the people that got me involved with Bassmaster and I've learned a lot. I really wasn't in into, you know, bass fishing tournament competitively or even keeping up with it. Uh when I started Bassmaster, I just got involved because you know, it was a paying gig. I had connections there, and um, and you know, and I felt like I could bring something maybe a little bit different, or at least energized to the scene because um, you know the, the 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 coverage is. I mean, it can get vanilla, man. I mean, you know, 
let's face it, how many ways can you cover a bass? Or how many ways can you cover a guy bass fishing in a 20 or 21-foot boat from the back casting deck? <laughs> you know, and so my goal is, was and still is always to be creative, get my camera moving in different directions, you know, create some kind of visual excitement with what I do. And I'm just so glad now, you know, that, that I'm involved with Bassmaster because those, the entire crew from the, the, the studio production level down to the field production level, which is, you know, where I am, everyone there is, is professional and involved in something like most of those guys film for ESPN, the SEC network. They film football games, basketball games, I mean, it is it is definitely the real deal, and it is a it is a production. If you any of you out there that are listening have never been to a Bassmaster Elite event, if there's any way you can get to one, if it comes close to your hometown, you need to go because it's like people will tell you if you've never seen a NASCAR race, you may not be a NASCAR fan, but if you go to a NASCAR race, you'll be a fan after that. And the Bassmaster Elite is the same way. Well, and that's what I was, and that's exactly what I was talking about a minute ago. The last weekend of April, they're having an Elite Series event on Ross Barnett Reservoir. For anybody that's in Mississippi or even Louisiana, Alabama, um, you know where Ross Barnett is and get there because it is, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it will be, it'll be a special, special weekend. Toledo Bend starts April 6th, yeah, or 7th, that's 8th, right. 9th in Louisiana, which I'll be at the. I was supposed to go to that Mississippi event, but I've got uh, some other commitments, so I couldn't I couldn't book that gig. But I regret it now because heck, we could hang out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a little over an hour. I could meet from your little house. boy. But yeah, I know it. Well, I'm supposed to be out of town that weekend too, uh, as of right now. But but anyway, that's going to be. I forgot. There's one at Toledo Bend in just a couple weeks. And that that'll be a huge. I mean, they're they're all huge. I'm not trying to put emphasis on on one or the other, but um, you know, the bulk you know the bulk of our crowd is here in the southeast, and you know that April 27th to the 30th, whatever you have going on, if it's if it's not uh you know too big of a deal, I, I would find a day uh, to get over to the Elite Series event. Bring the whole family because it's typically you know it's like a festival. I mean, they have vendors, yeah, and food. And- I mean, it's I've a, been it's seeing a that. carnival. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I've been seeing that is the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is having they're having something every day um, that starts you know like that Friday after lunch and then all day Saturday and all day on Championship Sunday they're having uh, stuff going on. They've got I can't they they've put out two or three uh, you know public announcements about everything they're going to have going on. I mean, it, it's really. It's an event. I mean, it's not just you show up and there's people out there on the lake because we're fishing. I mean, there's stuff all day, every day going on. Exactly. It is. It is an event. That's exactly right. Hey, Jake, I I got a question for you. When you when you spend a couple of days on a boat with 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 guys like uh, um with with well Don't with some of the Ike guys because you have to make that singular. Because there's no other person like Mike I can <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you, all right, you were filming on the, you were on the deck filming for him what two days, and then you got moved to another boat. I did. Um, let me ask you this: this this is interest. 
me and I hope it interests other people. What do you learn about fishing itself when you're on a boat with, with guys a great like question. that? question, and there's two parts to that answer, and I'll answer this, the front part, front end first. When I first started filming, you know, when I moved, I moved out to Colorado 26 years ago, so it kind of took me away from the whole bass fishing culture, which I grew up in in Tennessee, but, you know, I started really tapping into the walleye and muskie and, and, and pike fishing and, and trout fishing guys out here. So I kind of, uh, you know, distanced myself from, from bass fishing. When I got involved, back involved with Bassmaster, one of the first things that I noticed that impressed me was how knowledgeable the cameramen were on fishing itself because when you're fishing, we cover the top. Typically, we'll cover someone in the top 10 in every event because you know those are the guys that are hot we put we get cameras in their boats and that's who we're fishing with so we're we're typically fishing with a high rate of success and 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 while you know the other people haven't had success so we're learning from the top down opposed from the bottom up and so you know i think about this at every event that's why this is such a great question because I learn, I learn something new about you know about bass fishing every time. For instance, three years ago on Douglas Lake in Knoxville, I was covering Aunt Defoe, and he was he was long line cranking. They can't you know they can't you can't troll crankbaits in in the Bassmaster uh, events. So they learned he learned this technique. The fish were down like thirty in thirty eight feet of water. Okay, that's super deep for freshwater fishing. And he would go to one end of the brake line, drop his crankbait, deep diving crankbait on the surface, then literally spool his entire line, 500 feet of line or whatever he's got spooled on there, all the way across that brake line, stop his boat, turn it around, and then start cranking that thing back in as hard as he could. And he, 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 I think he came in second or third in that tournament, and he was crank, he was hand cranking those those fish out of 38 feet of water with a crankbait. And when I saw that, I was just like, this is unbelievable that they even knew how to figure this stuff out. And those are the guys that, you know, lead the way. That's why they develop baits for companies like Rapala and, and Strike King and whatnot. I mean, those are the guys that, that, that think outside the box and become innovative in the sport and teach these manufacturers what to do to give themselves an edge, you know, moving forward because they might discover something in one event or in practice session or whatever it is, and all of a sudden, you know, the next year it's 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 the most popular thing in bass fishing. It's pretty cool. I I was gonna say, but I every time Look, I, I'm a big proponent of all. No matter who's put in your path, there's always something to learn from every person that's put in your path. But man, being on the boat with some of the best, I mean, that's it. I can't, ima I can't imagine. Like you know, it's kind of like me being a basketball player 25 years ago and spending the day with Michael Jordan, just learning some of the techniques. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, just learning how to act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there's got to be some things that just make you go, huh? 
you know, that, that well, some of these you know, guys do just to catch fish. Yeah, um, on day, on Championship Sunday, Oswood Edwin Evers, um, he was in second place. That's why they moved me from Iconelli to Evers. And, again, every time I get – everybody's got a different style. Everybody's got a different, you know, go-to technique that they use to catch bass depending on what's going on, you know, with the environment. But this guy, Edwin Evers, man, he didn't parallel – the boat docks on Lake Conroe. You know, there's there's a ton of, of of docks on Conroe because there's so many residential houses uh, on the lakeshore. And he didn't parallel it and, and try to cast underneath the docks. He literally went in, over, out, over, in, over, out, over. He literally, like, Lego blocks, like, strategically combed and, and with a fine tooth comb these boat docks and that's what you know what got him in the second place in the first place he didn't there was there was there was not a rock underneath those boat docks that didn't get uncovered by the way he was fishing so you know that goes what that told me was you know these guys are workhorses they love this and they understand it so well they don't leave anything uncovered or untapped they make sure that they you know, they thoroughly fish an environment because they know that one fish could be laying in that perfect little spot that you can't see from above above the water. They might find it with their side finder or something, but they got to get a bait in there to make sure there's there is or isn't a fish in there. It is, it is truly amazing to watch these guys do what they do. How, Jake, how do they determine what they're going to fish with that day? Is it just they have a bunch of rods tied up already? They test the waters, or is it mostly from experience? You know, I mean, it's it's all about experience, but I think they start with, you know, where the fish are in their cycle of life, whether they're spawning, pre-spawn, spawn, post-spawn, pre-summer, summer, you know, early fall, again, and then and then cycles back into the pre-spawning stages in winter and late winter. So they know what they're doing, um, you know, from from their uh, from the species habits and then you know they have like ike had i would say 10 rods uh on the front of his on a, on the front of his boat and and the left side of his boat was was laid out with bait casters the right side of his boat and, and most of these guys are the same way it's not just Ike, just using him as an example but he'll have crankbaits and you know carolina rigs and and you know, plastic baits, hard baits uh, on his bait casters. Then a lot of soft drop shots and some more finesse style baits on his on his uh, spinning rods on the right side of the boat. So you know, they go through. Even if they're catching fish, they may go through an area, cast you know thirty times, um, and and catch three or four fish. They'll go back and come right back through the same area with a completely different presentation. And they might even, you know, they might roll through there five, six, seven, eight, or ten times at, um, presenting a different bait every time. So, again, it's about fishing a spot thoroughly and not just relying on luck. These guys don't catch fish because of luck. I mean, they may catch a six-pounder opposed to a four-and-a-half-pounder by luck, 
but they know where the big fish are, they know what they're doing, and they know how to catch them, and they know that it's not just one magic bait. They have to make a lot of different presentations to get there. Well, and the amount of pre-fishing is something else that, and the, and the preparation that goes into it that blows my mind. Yeah, you're you're breaking up, Josh. Breaking up. And we'll let him. Job. We'll let him come back to us in just a second. But Jake, let me ask you a a beginner's question about the the Bassmaster Classic. Two things that I noticed that, of what I saw from videos that you put up there. One was when the when when catch a fish, you'd hold it up in the air and show it off. But in the background of some of these pictures that you put up, you could see boats that were just. I guess all around y'all just watching you like like fans, or is it media? We call it the gallery. Yeah, we call it the gallery, and every almost all the pros have someone following them around. They're typically locals that live the lake, and they're either GPSing, you know, the points or waypoints, or they're they're studying the angler, trying to figure out how to fish their own lake better, or they're just fans that want to follow people around. So. Like with Iconelli, you know, he's one of the most popular guys on the tour. And he had, I would say, between 12 and 30 boats following us at any given time. Um, and, you know, those guys, it's cool. I mean, you know, most of them know what they're doing and they stay out of the way. But then again, sometimes, you know, sometimes they get too close. Or let's say we go to a point and we're going to go to the upwind side of the point and drift across the you know, the front of it so that he can, you know, stealth, he can be stealthy and approach his fishing that way, especially if they're shallow. And all of a sudden there's three boats that didn't know what he was going to do. And they parked their boats right on top of the point that he's trying to fish. And that can get frustrating. So, you know, people, there's a certain etiquette that comes with that, but that's what you're seeing is, is just, you know, they're just fans uh, either learning or watching uh, what's going on. So there's there's not a a guy like at the at a golf tournament holding a sign up that says quiet please or you have to stay back no. behind the ropes or anything like that. I mean, there, are there written rules in all seriousness of, of no, how far you have to stay away from the the pro? Nope, it's public. You know, it's public water, and I mean those guys could come in and fish uh, if they wanted to. They could come in and fish right beside an angler if they wanted to. And they, the the angler or the event can't do anything about it because it's public water. But you know, I've heard lots of f bombs and I've heard lots of hand signals, if you will. Um, you know, gestured towards some of the fans that are. You know, some of those guys don't like the pros being on their leg because they think they ruin it and they catch all these fish over, you know, a six or seven day period, including practice, and they feel like that they're raping the lake. And you know, while while there is that does put a lot of pressure on the lake, you know they're good for the resource, they're good for the education of the lake, and um, you know it stimulates the economy. There's a lot of good that comes out of it, but you know you've got your haters, and and they're always going to be there. I just I, I knew that um, when Iconelli caught a fish um, one time, he helped. I guess it was a video that you had from your uh, Facebook Live. And he held it up, and he was showing that fish off. It was probably a six-pounder. It was a six-pounder, yeah. And he was holding yeah, that fish he, up, showing it off to the, I guess, to the crowd that was following you, you know, following y'all around. 
and there's you know there's media local media and 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 media coverage you know in those boats as well there's you know bassmaster photographers that are there there are people you know Iconelli's or whoever I let's just say Iconelli's sponsors have media people present with long lenses and cameras you know a lot of those guys are there to capture capture uh um content for social media and and promotional values so there's you know it's a mix of different people and um, i think they're used to it but sometimes the boat the boat rides can get a little confusing because you know when the angler takes off i mean they're always at full throttle there's no there's no putzing around you know even when they're approaching one of their spots every second counts and this is something that that i like to talk about too because it's important those guys will fish, you know, they know that that if their line's not in the water, they're not catching fish. And their line has to be, their baits have to be in the strike zone where they're not catching fish. So they power fish all the time. And even on, you know, day three, Edwin Evers had one fish with three minutes left to go in the tournament. And we pulled up under this bridge in a cove and he caught, he caught two bass like boom within a minute of each other and he sacked them up and we ran well it didn't help him win the tournament it certainly moved him up uh and you know from where he had fallen to so you know they know they know that if they're not fishing they're not catching fish and they could literally catch a six or eight pounder with three minutes left to go before check-in time and it could make make or break the deal for them it's 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 a it's an exciting event Hey, do you know how the word travels around the golf course? And I know I keep using going back to golf references, but you know when something big happens at a golf course um, during mm-hmm. on a tournament day, it, is there word that spreads around um, through these tournaments? Um, on, you know, let's go down and break it down to a day when you're in the boat. Uh, do you know Larry down the lake just caught? You know, man, he's sitting at twenty pounds. Now, I do because I'm on live com. I'm I have an earbud in my ear and I'm listening to the studio, which is typically back in Little Rock, and they're watching all the anglers that are getting covered. So I get all that information. It's not legal for the anglers that are participating to gain any knowledge of sorts. So I can't share that information with them. But these guys that you're talking about that follow these other anglers around. You know, they've got cell phones, and when Iconelli catches, you know, a six-pounder, I mean, most of these guys know the difference between a four-pounder and a six-pounder, and they'll start texting each other across the lake about, hey, man, I just caught a six-pounder, you know, or or whatever. Plus, we have Bass Track, which is another cell phone that I have to carry in my pocket. So every time one of my anglers catches a fish, I log the weight and the number of fish that are caught, and that goes into the leaderboard just like golf it goes into the leaderboard um on the website on the live stream so that everyone knows it's it's always updated everyone knows you know where they are approximately in the rankings that day yeah, that's that was, pretty cool that was a question uh yeah that's what i was gonna say that was a question i had jake was what kind of access or do they give the anglers any kind of access to that because you know there's actually a show i don't know if it's still on there used to be a show um where they they had fifteen or twenty guys fishing 
head to head, and they had like a marshal in the boat for them. And they, uh, what's it called? It's called Major League Fishing. That was it. Anyway, they would go, and every time, you know, every time somebody caught one, it did not matter. You didn't, there was no like five fish limit. It was just every fish that you caught, um, it got weighed and updated immediately. So then everybody you were fishing against, everybody out there on the lake knew because the marshal, whoever was in the boat with them, you know, told them, oh, hey, you know, Jake just caught a two pounder, you know, oh, he's, he's got you by six ounces now, whatever. But obviously it's not that way in the elite series or the, or the classic, but I didn't know because they do have live up, you know, and live updated, um, leaderboard and stuff. I didn't know what kind of access the anglers actually had to it or if they even pay attention to it. Yeah, they have no access, and it's totally illegal for them to gain any kind of exterior um, knowledge. In fact, um, we were fishing these boat docks with Evers on on Sunday, and this guy comes out. And of course, there's always when people see a pro boat come up, you know, it's not like you can't tell. It looks like a freaking NASCAR. You know, their boats look like NASCAR cars, and these people came out onto their onto their deck on the back deck. And this one uh, gentleman goes, you know, he offered assistance. He goes, man, there's a, whatever, a rock pile right off the end of that dock. And Evers immediately, particularly since the camera was on, he immediately had to stop the guy and go, man, it's totally illegal for me to gain any knowledge. You can't help me at all, but I really appreciate it. But, But please, you know, just refrain from sharing information. And, you know, that's how they have to conduct themselves. They can't help it. If someone blurts something out, they, it's not like they could anticipate that. They're obligated to stop them and tell them that that's illegal so they don't do it again. Well, what were they, just a crazy question, Jake, what what was everybody mostly catching fish on over the weekend? I mean, it's the same at every event. Everyone's catching, catching them on, on the post-spawn period. Some of those bigger females were staged up on flats, not too far from their spawning grounds, just recovering. And they're not necessarily aggressive because they just, you know, laid all their eggs and spent a bunch of energy not eating anything, um, you know, spawning, just like every, you know, all, all species do. And so they would drag these little um, shaky head jigs with a small, salamander or a small worm, something real finesse and subtle, um, and they would literally drag it on the bottom one inch at a time, trying to irritate a fish into biting it. That's how, I mean, that's how Iconelli was catching almost all of his fish. So it's a really boring technique, but it's very effective. And again, they have to know their species and know what they're doing to understand how they're going to catch them. And, you know, they were post-spawn fish, knowing they were really slow and lethargic they had to go with you know subtle techniques to catch them and they did i I will tell you this jordan lee when we came in on sunday jordan lee wasn't really even in you know i mean it wasn't like he was in first or second place he came from behind a win we pulled into the boat dock after check-in on sunday and one of the other pros pulled up to um, Edwin Evers' boat, and he said, man, I just heard that Jordan Lee got 26 or 27 pounds in his sack, and he said, 
what he told me yesterday was he caught a five pounder at the end of the day and when he when he reeled it in he was into some spawning aggressive spawning uh, bass and he had 15 or 20 bass follow the one he had hooked up back to the boat and this is at the end of the day so he he literally saw 15 or 20 five pounders at his boat chasing the fish that he had on his rod and so he went back to that same spot the next day, and that's how he ended up winning the tournament. He knew where, you know, 15 or 20 big bass were before he even started the day, and it paid off. It was his fate. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I bet he had a hard time sleeping that night because he knew that he had to get there. And, and uh, you know, that's another thing, too, is – the takeoff in the mornings, especially that first or second day when there's still a lot of boats, um, how, I don't know, I don't even know if you can control it, call it controlled chaos um, when they when they, they take off because it's like you said, when they get their chance, it's wide open until they until they put a hook in the water. Um, it's, it's something to see even in, their, in itself. Oh, it's like a, I mean, it is literally like a NASCAR race, and it's a trickle start. If it's, if it's a shotgun start and everybody left at the same exact time, it'd be. I mean, it'd be like. I mean, it would just be. It would be a mess. <laughs> so, you know, they trickle start and they they you know you go out in order on day one, then you go out in reverse order on day two, and then on day three you go out in order of who you know where you are in the in the standings that day, and um, I mean it is it's it's exciting. Um, I'm going to get a mouthpiece for my next ride because it is, it's really, it's, it's hard on your body. I mean, I get banged around, my camera gets banged around. They're not stopping for anything. They don't, they don't angle into the waves a certain way. If there's a wave coming, they just hit it wide open. And if their boat can do 70 miles an hour, they're not slowing down. They're hitting that. They're going to spear that wave at 70 miles an hour. Um, Wes Martin, my boss at Bass, he just happened to be filming me and Ike come out of this cove. And it was pretty windy. It was like 20 to 25 mile an hour wind, steady. And we were hitting, we were spearing whitecaps like, you know, two foot rollers, two or three foot rollers. And at one point, he hit the throttle wide open and we got airborne. And our boat was almost vertical, perpendicular to the ground. And we were doing, you know, 60 or 70 miles an hour at that point. And Wes filmed it in super slow-mo. So he's digging through the files. I talked to him this morning. He's digging through the files, and he's going to try to send me that clip. And if he can, then I'm going to post it up on my social media. He said, wait till you see it. He said, "He said you can't believe you even survived it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of the things that's always amazed me is those boat rides. And, you, you know, y'all both know that I'm not a huge fisherman, but, you know, uh, I love anything outdoors. But the thing that's always amazed me is, the, is these boat rides that y'all have to to get to a spot. Oh, man. Have you seen my some of my – I do live feeds sometime. You know, when we – between uh, spots, I'll just go on Facebook and go live and just hold my phone as best as I can, you know. And I always pick those days where it's not too rough because I I don't I can't hang on to my phone and my my camera which is between my legs all the time, so 
some days I'll I'll just hold it while we're running and you know hold the camera down next to the water while we're running 70 and I get a lot of you know response and it's always oh my gosh you guys are going so fast that's crazy you need a helmet and all that stuff it's it is truly you know part of the gig and while it is super fun most of the time when it's rough and you're riding in a boat with someone like Iconelli I mean you know, I'll be honest with you. It's really not that fun because you're—I mean—you're scared. <laughs> At least I am. Oh uh, well, I know both of y'all guys. Y'all, y'all both have a meeting, and we're about five minutes over. So uh, I'm gonna stop us right here because I know you and Josh could go back and forth about this all day, and I could ask you—I could ask you questions all day just to gain knowledge about it. But. Uh, I know both of you guys need to get to y'all's meeting because you both said you had to go at a certain time. So, but Jake, thank you for recapping the weekend at the Bassmaster Classic because man, I I just love listening. And that's just like Josh when Josh was telling me the story about Jordan, the guy that won the tournament. I just sat there and just listened, and I'd pop in a question every once in a while to Josh about it. Man, it just it's neat to learn about it. It's just a uh, Josh is right. I mean, yeah. What George just said, you know, give you a final note here. Josh was exactly right. What Jordan Lee did will put you know Bassmaster, particularly at that young young generation level, into the orbit now because he you know he was already heroic. Now he's super heroic, and um, he's inspired a lot of people. And he's just going to recruit more people into the game and get the people that are already into the game that much more excited about what's going on. So, you know, it was great for the sport. It was great for the event. It was great for Jordan Lee. And I don't think there was one person in that entire arena um, when he lifted that trophy that was bummed out that he won that tournament. He deserved it, and, um, you know, he did it. It was, it was a really good thing. Well, yeah, it was again. it was a lot of fun to watch. It really was. Um, and and you know, like I said, I don't know, two or three times ago when we were talking about it was you know really the first time I started watching it live was just because I knew you were you know you were filming it. But uh, now every time you know there's an elite series or anything with a live, uh, and just adds such a cool factor to it. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of fun to keep up with. Well, guys, I, I want to thank you for being here today. Jake, thank you for the recap. And, Josh, thank you for filling me in, having me ready to be able to ask Jake questions off from talking to me all this week about what happened at the Bassmaster Classic. So, for Jake and Josh, I'm Rocky. We want to thank you for joining this edition of the On the X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. 